Hello and welcome to episode 1096 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, September 9th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined as always by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Doing well. We're both kind of waking up. It's pretty early, obviously super early for you. You're on the West Coast. So, you know, we're just trying to uh, get the day going. Football has started. Those people are already nauseating. Uh, baseball's in the home stretch. My team is melting in, in the main event. That's also nauseating. Oh, but no. Like, but all in all, can't complain too much. How about you? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I, I don't have to worry about my teens melting because they <laughs> melted at the beginning of the summer. Um, so, you know, obviously that's not what you want, but there is a certain calmness to it. Yeah, like I don't have to like spend all day looking at the standings or looking at the live scoring now. It's uh, um, and I had my sweat at in uh, the Tout DFS, mm-hmm. which uh, I choked out away. Congrats to uh, my good Congrats friend Shelly Shelly V for uh, for pulling out a, a W and becoming the first uh, woman ever to win a Tout League. Um, so uh i'm uh, happy and That's proud awesome. of her uh, i was really, really she just dominated the finals just absolutely dominated um uh but uh yeah it's just a bummer for me it's been a bummer of a year for me but um you know i'll be fine financially because of my dfs winnings this year but uh, i wanted to bring home some titles and i have oh, an nice. outside chance of of maybe like if my team gets really hot in a couple leagues where i could you know, bring some down. So I'm still plugging away, but at this point, the, uh, the schedule's working against any of us chasing. Yeah. You know, cause t- time's just going to become an issue. Um, I mean, the season ends a little bit later than you might remember. It is into October for folks that don't remember. So mm-hmm. it's about a month. It's just shy of a month. October 5th is the last day there. Um, so there's still time, especially if your leagues are compact the way, or your standings are compact the way a lot of leagues are. But again, clock's ticking, and mm-hmm. you really can't have the off nights, which I've been having recently. I can't buy a dub, um, and that's it's where I can so make so hard. much money or so much hay. Yeah, I've got sixty-eight with sixty-seven, sixty-six, and two sixty-fours behind me, by the way. But two seventies, a seventy-two, seventy-three in front of me, and they just keep pulling away. And yeah, it, I'm not going to go over all of it, but the points are there. It's just a matter of if the team's going to step up and, and do anything, and I just don't know if they're going to. But Today, we're talking rebuy pitchers. We talked rebuy hitters. Appreciate the uh, kind words that we got on that, a few different tweets and messages. Uh, so I figured we might as well do it with pitchers because uh, a lot of times those are some of the best rebuy avenues because their prices really tank. Some of those hitters we talked about probably won't even have major discounts. They'll have discounts relative to where they went last year. But some of these pitchers are going to fall off the board. Um, I try not to do too many just injury ones. I tried to get guys that have pitched this year because a lot of times that is the answer with a with a pitcher bust is hey they got hurt. Um, but let's focus on some guys who who pitched a good bit and figure out if we're rebuying again. We run the gamut here from guys who are going in the top fifteen of pitchers all the way down into the into the uh, several hundreds with somebody like Mitch Keller who had some hype this year showed a little bit of it. Do we want to rebuy next year? But let's start with Trevor Rogers. A guy who is is trying to make a last ditch effort to repair his value. I would say at this point, as a Trevor Rogers fan, cool it with all that. You were terrible <laughs> for me this year. Don't go turn around and make your price expensive for me next year because I want to buy back in. But you know, if he reels off a two ERA in these last five six starts, I won't say the discount's gone because again, he went super high last year. But it will evaporate. It will dry up a good bit. If he pops off here and his first two starts back, he looks great with just one walk and 13 strikeouts. So Trevor Rogers, terrible experience this year. You're going to buy back next year. Uh, Let's say the rest of the starts are fine where he's just five, six innings, two to four runs, and it's just fine. It's not off the charts. Will that be enough to get you back in here with say five, six quality, not necessarily quality six innings, three runs, but like useful starts down the stretch. I think a lot of it'll depend on one. I mean, how he finishes, but um, what the discount is. Sure. I mean, are we talking like a three or four round discount? Because that's not going to be enough for me. We're talking about a guy who still, while he pitches in Miami, which is a great place to pitch, uh, still has to pitch in that division uh, for a team that is probably not going to be super competitive, comparatively speaking, to the other teams 
uh, or to three other teams in that division. Mm -hmm. uh, so the chances for wins are going to be lesser than it would be on, on another team. Uh, so he was I don't seventh, know. Trevor Rogers was seventh round last year. Let me throw him into the 12th round. Or not 12th. That's five rounds. I don't think. Well, I mean, I, in the mains, he was going fourth, fifth round. Like, so like. No, that five. was, that was his main 92. Oh, well, oh I just Which, took him too high then. I, I thought, yeah. I, I thought, well, 55 to 164. That's a pretty wide split. Yeah. Um, Scott took him in the fifth at the very beginning, like right on that, on that turn there. So literally the first pick of the fifth, because he was at the one. So yeah, I, I honestly, you're right. I, I thought it was higher too, but 92.7 is the main event. Uh, wait, 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 no, 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 no. That's every draft at NFBC last year. Oh, I'm an okay. idiot. Hang on, hang on. You are closer. 73 yeah. okay. was his okay. pick. That's fifth round. Now, ninth round. What about ninth round for Trevor? I think Rogers? it's got to be double digit at least. It's so just, 150 or later, or else you're not doing it. And it, it also depends. Like you know, I mean, he numbers wise, he's been fine these last two starts, right? A really good start, and then a pretty good start, but not great. Uh, the first start, the changeup was working really well for him. The second start, the changeup was not working well, and, and it's that's all about that's the what we're looking at. Yep. Um, so it's it's really going to depend on what he looks like down the stretch, what that in turn forces his ADP to be. See, but that's going to decide it. You're, you're dead yeah. on because if he pops off, he's going to go inside that top 150. Trevor Rogers is, and I'm looking at these picks right now, and, and and I think you're right that he has to go later than that because the people that went around 150 last year, the starters, Tariq Skubal, who got hurt but was pitching brilliantly, mm -hmm. Patrick Sandoval. Lance Lynn, who we knew was going to have a little bit of the injury time, but other, other than that, people were really interested. In fact, his ADP is skewed by the fact that I think he got hurt. Because he went 343 in one of the mains. So there was a changeover in the main where he went 46 to 343. So his ADP totally changed. But Luis Castillo went uh, 160. Uh, Luis Severino. So I think Rodgers, as it stands right now, would go later than that. But it goes mm -hmm. back to if these last four starts are awesome – I think he is more in this range or a little bit higher. Yeah. In which case, you're saying you might put a little bit of a pause on it if it's an eighth, ninth round pick? I think so. I mean, obviously, if he comes out and just is fantastic down the stretch. Yeah, if Trevor Rogers shoves. He has two quality starts so far, 13 Ks, one walk in 12 innings. And again, about, probably about four more starts. If they're all six innings with three or fewer runs, if they're all quality starts, so it's six quality starts yeah. with – you know, and the change up strikeouts and the, and change the change ups ups up playing well. And um, then, yeah, I, I may be able to jump back into like the sixth, seventh rounds. Um, but I'm, I'm going to try to caution myself against it um, because now we've seen what the downside is. And the downside is devastating. Um, it was rough. 551 ERA, 152 whip so far on the season for Trevor Rogers, even with the two good stars. One mm -hmm. thing working in our favor is that even with the if he does put up three four more good starts it might not make enough of a dent in the bottom line to really appeal to those who don't look deeper now a lot of people will obviously we we're big in the nfbc world and we know you know you're not going to get a, a bunch of uh, fish in leagues like that but i do think that you know obviously that's not the only format that exists other leagues if the bottom line is still like 480 era That'll still keep people away. Not everyone will necessarily yeah. key in on those final six starts. It'll be written about in a lot of articles, though. It'll say like, "Hey, mm -hmm. he had this ERA, but he Post finished strong." Sleeper, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think he'll be a guy that he's going to have a wide discrepancy of ADP depending on what site you play on. So, like, yeah, if you're playing that's Yahoo, Rogers, ESPN, by the way. Uh, he Rogers will have a much lower ADP, even if he finishes really strong. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he'll, but then he'll be the guy that everybody's talking about in articles. Like you have to get him. He's two forty-five. And I mean, I, you know. I, I, I will freely be on that train, by the way, if he, I, if I he would falls off, I will get Trevor Rogers. Anything that starts with a two, as far as ADP, yeah. I will be three sixty slam dunking that all day. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk Freddie Peralta. He is definitely one of the guys, that, that the injury piece came up um, because, you know, he started off slow, uh, but really figured himself out pretty quickly. I know there was early panic through like the first two starts. It was two starts that people were like, oh my God. Uh, but they, they carried for a little while. So he actually took a 509 ERA uh, into May. 
found himself back on track, but then the injury cropped up, cost him some time from May 22nd to August 3rd. He was out, returned, looks good again, nicked up again, though. So I think one of the biggest issues with Freddie Peralta this, this whole time that he's been a thing has been the concern about whether or not he can hold up. He is five eleven listed five eleven, which means he's nowhere near five eleven. Because if he was truly five eleven, he'd be listed six feet. That is a stone cold fact. Sorry, y'all. Love my short kings out there. Not shaming, just being honest about the world here. Uh, so he's probably closer to like five eight. And the only reason that that's an issue is like if you're five eight, you know one ninety. The rigors of uh, thirty starts a year are a question, and we've seen it with other guys who are are a bit more slight, and. You know, it, even somebody like Pedro, who's an all-time god, his his body size uh, kind of cost him a, innings at times. And so we're looking at it here with Freddie Peralta. Does that enter your mind next year in terms of a rebuy of, like, can I get a full season? We got 144 last year. That's his fullest season. And we were doing backflips for, for it because it was a 281 ERA, .97 whip. So we know how great it can be. But even his fullest season, still only 144 innings. How are you valuing Freddie Peralta next year now that we have another short season and we don't really know how trustworthy he can be volume-wise? Yeah, I mean, I need to see him finish the year on the mound. Um, and, you know, for, the, and for those who don't know, left the game last day, shoulder fatigue, he's going the IL today, yeah. which means he's missing like half of the remaining seasons. So at least, uh, he, yeah. he said in a post-game interview that he will pitch again this year. I need to see that before I'm even coming anywhere close to rebuying. And it has to get a huge discount because I think there will be though, because he went yeah. super high. Freddie Peralta, 41, 16th pitcher off the board. That's one, two, three. There's three relievers, so 13th SP. Yeah. I mean, he was good when he was on the mound. So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I uh, I don't have a question about the talent. I do have a question about the body. And like you mentioned, he's a he's a you know smaller guy, slight free doesn't have the most natural and clean mechanics. No. Uh, and so like, you just worry about guys like that. Like we worried about Tim Lincecum and, and that's who I was so, like, trying to think know. of. Yeah. Lincecum. yeah. And look at how burnt brightly he burned. And then he was mm-hmm. gone, dude. Like he fell off yep. and was gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think it would, uh, depending, I mean, if I, obviously if you get a huge discount, if we're talking like he's not a top 10 round pick next year, I'd become interested, but I still think like the the way he actually pitched when he's on the mound, that service stats are gonna kind of hurt that potential. Like, Unlike Trevor Rogers, think, it's the opposite mm-hmm. effect where Peralta's numbers are still gonna look flashy, and people are gonna say, "I can buy back in." This dude's a stud. Plus, but, we've gotten three years of of good production from him, yeah. whereas we only had one good year of good production from Rogers. So, uh, I mean, I think. I was. I'll, I'll take my L on Peralta because I didn't think he was ever going to be this good, um, and I've been, I've been wrong uh, for for a while now. But uh, that being said, I'm not gonna. I'm probably not gonna buy this. Um, I'm very unlikely to as well, unless Freddie Peralta is super cheap. I'm not sure he gets even to the 150 you're talking about. Again, I mentioned names like Scooble, Sandoval, Lynn, Castillo. I mean, it might be right around there. Uh, Severino was there obviously coming off TJ. So maybe that is a nice little pocket for guys. Michael Kopech was 137. Maybe yeah, he's somebody who has a lot of questions. Actually, we're going to talk about him as well on a rebuy. So maybe it is in that range. I could start to get interested, but man, I feel like I need to go after 150 with Peralta before I'm comfortable. And I just don't think he's going to get there. I think it's going to yeah. be too much hype for Freddie Peralta. And I get it but I just don't think it's for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about those those White Sox. We have two of them, including Kopech. The other one, of course, you can probably guess, is Lucas Giolito. Let's start with Giolito because he was the higher of the two. He was seen as a, as a super viable ace, totally understood that. He was the uh, seventh SP off the board at pick 24 on average, so very much in the second, third round area there for Lucas Giolito. And we've talked about him multiple times this year because, of course, he's unfortunately been one of the worst pitchers going, especially as far as high end. And the issue has been everything. <laughs> and <laughs> not all, not everything everywhere all at once. It's something every start is what it is. And that's kind of the infuriating thing. You watch him start to start. The thing that bothered him two starts ago might not be the problem today. Command, certain pitches, uh, you know, fastballs here, breaking balls there. 
it's been a grab bag of issues. The bottom line has been a 521 ERA, a 150 whip, but still a 17% strikeout minus walk and a 377 Sierra. So what do you make of Giolito, Justin? And will you buy back uh, at the discount? Again, his discount's likely to be to like pick 90 or 100 as opposed to 150 or later because he uh, was going in the top 25. So I don't think Giolito is going to be dirt cheap. I don't think he gets out of the top 100 necessarily. So with that as a framework, what do you think about Giolito and would you buy at that price? I don't know. I, I love I mean, him, right? You've I mean, I did. Giolito yeah, guy. he was my second round pick in the main. I was stoked to get him in the second or no, maybe he was my first round pick in one of my mains. Um, uh, and I paired him with Ozzy Albies and then took Trevor Rogers in the fifth. Uh, oh, that would have been your second main. Yeah, it'd be my second main. Um, so, uh, yeah, that one didn't work out real well. Uh, I don't know what to make of him. Uh, the bottom line is he has been way too hittable. He just, mm-hmm. when he leaves things in the zone, and he's not necessarily leaving things in the zone like an absurd amount, he just has no command on where it's going in the zone and he's just leaving it up uh and guys are guys aren't necessarily taking him yard all the time but they're just putting it into play in a way that we haven't seen from Giolito before i mean we've seen the zone contact rate go up over league average when he's been a guy like in the mid 70s in terms of zone contact you know 10 percent below uh kind of league average this year he's above league average uh he's just been hittable Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, t- ten point two hits per nine, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. ten point two. Great. And and what this is forced him to do is not be in the zone, which leads to more walks. So then, when he is in the zone, he's giving up multi, you know, run homers as opposed to uh, solo shots. So and yeah, that's been a big issue. The three fifty four Babbitt paired with a one point six homer nine for Giolito. Nine uh, percent walk rate is uh, up from last year. So it's all spiraling to get, you know, it all starts to snowball together to create all these problems yeah. start to start. And, and the tough part is how do you sit him? Because he'll drop three great starts in a row and then the bomb will erase all of them, but the bomb will be against Detroit. Kansas City was the most yeah, recent one. Exactly. It'll be Detroit or KC as opposed to the, the New York or Houston that you're afraid of. And it's just been so tough with Giolito. Um, did you, were you able to get him this year? Cause again, I know you liked him. Was he somebody that you were able to land oh, outside, yeah, of that he, other, outside of that main? I think just in that main. And it was one have of you those... been starting him all year then. Have you stuck with him? Yes. I have. Well, I, I mean, feel like you have to, you know, I mean, you don't have to, but I, I would be too. And at this point it's like, you know, my well, ratios yeah. are already shot. So I might as well just keep rolling him out there and hope for the best. You know, when you pair him with with uh, Trevor Rogers and I can't remember who the other starter was that uh, crushed me as well. well that but, combo about does it like, yeah, and so. I, man, if, I'm sure when you told me you got that trio, Albies, Giolito, uh, Rogers, I was probably. Yeah, and it was mixed with a, with I a, love that three. And, and, oh, and Rossi Iglesias and um, uh, Emmanuel Classe. So oh, I, I got yeah. two premier closers and. Uh, the two pitchers, a uh, stud hitter to start. And- I absolutely gassed you on that. I'm, sh- I'm yeah. sure of it. Where I was like, oh, bro, you killed those first five. Yeah, and that's what yeah. happens. And you know, the worst part about it is like that was one of the leagues where like I had really good late picks, like Nestor Cortez in the 18th. And- that's the worst when you waste <laughs> your gems because mm-hmm. the foundation wasn't there. And you're like, dang, yeah. these guys are only making up for my losers. In yeah, the front four, end. four of my five first picks were busts. I yeah, mean, N- Nestor was just canceling T Raj. You know, it's like it wasn't in addition to mm-hmm. your stud. Uh, well, let's talk Kopech then because he's a much different story. Uh, on every level, really, because he's never had the, the high level of success that Giolito's had. Um, it's been mostly hype. And the funny thing is, he's in, on this list with a bunch of guys that got like five ERAs and stuff, and yet his ERA is 378 with a 122 whip. Might even give some people some pause of like, well, why is he even on this list? But Kopech has been maddening to have this year. I have him in our main, and my God, there's another guy that you're constantly starting even though you don't feel confident about it. Because you never know that he can get busted by Detroit or KC and then and then do well against a good team. He is another one of those guys that's like matchup doesn't matter. If he's off, anyone can get him. If he's on, no one can get him. 21% K, 
12% walk rate. That's the biggest issue. But the 12, 21% strikeout rate is awful. That's a huge drop-off for Kopech. He's had a tumultuous season within these 114 innings this year where he was riding so high early on. Uh, you might remember that he had a 192 ERA through mid-June. And since then has a 94 ERA, I think. Oh, no, 531. Close. But uh, it's been bad. And I I, I got to be honest, I, I try not to get too soured on one season. I think this has soured me off of Kopech because this is not new. And just the inconsistency, the never knowing when he's going to pitch or how he's going to pitch, I think I'm out almost regardless of the discount. But what, what say you about Michael Kopech and a rebuy for next year? Man, so 24 starts this year. He has one start where he walked no batters um, and only four starts where he walked only one batter. Um, and like, like, that'll do it. Yeah. I mean, and this is a guy that again, gives up like around league average, just a little bit above league average zone contact. So like when you're leaving two guys on base and then someone pops a Homer on you, yeah. that's, devastating like his stuff is undeniable but uh at the same time like you would think he'd be getting a bigger strikeout rate or a bigger bigger swinging strike rate that's the from a guy like Kopech. like we're not like he was supposed to be baby thor right like mm -hmm. you know and Kopech he, looks like, is, he looks like present day thor though yeah. like with the mediocre strike well, you know it's that, like that's mean but uh <laughs> he's true. definitely Don't close look at the raids He's definitely closer to present day Thor than than uh, you know uh, previous Thor. So uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't in on Kopech largely because I didn't know what the innings were going to look like. But yeah. I, th I think uh, now you have innings concerns because he's been injured a few times this year too, mm -hmm. um, mixed with that just obscene walk rate that could really come back to bite him. Uh, you know, unless we hear of some sort of huge change, I'm probably not going to pay the price because the good bottom line is going to get people just like uh, Freddie Peralta. People are going to want to buy in on Kopak and push him up boards in the way he was pushed up this draft season uh, because they're like, hey, all he's got to do is stay on the mound. I'm not. And, I, and I get it. Like, I understand because I, I say stuff like that a lot, too. Like, if all I need is the health piece. But I'm not sure that that's all we need. I think the skill piece isn't necessarily there for Kopech. I think we need to see a lot better command and health. And I'm sure they're interrelated. They're related, but I'm, I'm fading him. I'm, I'm not going to be on the Kopech train this year. I know that, especially for Giolito, I think more than Kopech, like some of the issues have been defense uh, related. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they can't really control that as much. That being said, is the defense going to get better in 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 Chicago? Like I I don't Who know. Knows with that. Yeah, their offseason. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it could, but it's a fair question to say. Do we even know what's going to happen? Yeah. Are they going to try to improve it? Um, yeah. What are they going to do coming off of? Well, and they might even salvage what looked like it was going to be a disappointing season because now they're right back in the mix. Tony Larus hasn't been there, and they've been hot. Uh, that's not a coincidence, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> They're, they're going to do just enough to make the playoffs. And uh, and, then and then he'll get back and ruin yeah, it. Yeah. Well, or they'll they'll let him stay on for yeah. another year as the manager. And yep. they'll just have to go through this all again. Yeah, I, I could totally see that with uh, with, with the White Sox. So Kopech and Giolito, two different guys in terms of, I think their discounts are going to be vastly different, but they're also you know doing vastly different things. More likely to buy in on Giolito. Kopech price, if it really tanks, bottoms out, sure, but I just don't see that as a realistic possibility. Um, unless he craps all over his current numbers and pushes like the ERA up over four, I don't think he's going to do that because I'm not sure he's even going to pitch that much uh, the rest of the season. You know, they could definitely just be you know, getting two, three innings at a time out of him. Who knows? Who knows? So um, let's move on to Jose Barrios. This is obviously one of the bigger ones in that Giolito realm. He wasn't quite going as high, but he wasn't too far off. He's kind of like with more like with Rogers, uh, where Barrios was going actually two pitcher slots ahead of him and literally two picks, 73 to 71. So um, the 30th pitcher, that includes relievers. I'm not going to do the, I'll tell you the relievers that are around him, Romano and Chapman. So you can guesstimate that's about 10, I think. So Barrios was probably around. Uh, SP 2022 area. It started off horribly, Justin, with the uh, 8 billion runs against Texas in the third of an inning. 
And he's been trying to work that off since then <laughs> and struggling to do so. And it's always a blow up, like a catastrophic one. That's been the issue this year. Would you believe that Barrios actually has 18 uh, starts of, of three or fewer earned, which is great. Problem is he has five of six earned or more, two eights and three sixes, and throw in two fives there as well. So you have seven just monstrous starts for Barrios that are really eating up his numbers. 523 ERA, 139 whip, strikeouts fell off, home runs skyrocketed. He'll be 29 next year. What kind of discount do you think we even get on Barrios, and will you be willing to buy it? Uh, at a particular, you know, at what level will you be willing to buy it? I should say with Jose Barrios. I mean, a lot of it is command, man. It's just seven of his uh, starts this year. He's given up multi-homer uh, games, um, and you can't just can't do that. do that, especially not in that division. That's again the biggest key. Such really, really good competition. Um, I think if the uh, I think if the discount's cheap enough. I mean, I've always been a Brios guy. I've always felt like there was another level, and I didn't think the level was down. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same so. here. And and honestly, like, how encouraged were you last year when he went to Toronto and started to show it? Because I got to say, you know, small sample uh, and definitely some confirmation bias because I also believed in that extra level. Mm -hmm. His ERA didn't go down. It actually went up. But the whip uh, was perfectly solid. And the fact is, I was grading him on a curve. So the fact that he only added 0.10 to his ERA – and 0.4 to his whip uh, last year when Brios went to Toronto, I was like, well, that's a higher degree of difficulty. So the fact that he's barely gotten worse in the AL East, I was encouraged by that. The strikeouts had gone up as well, and I thought he was going to do it again. I got lucky that people took him before me because he's the guy I would definitely. Yeah, I, did, I like I did too. Like he was the guy that I was like, oh man, if I'm if I get him as an SP3, I'm going to be jumping for joy, um, and he was just never there. Uh, Thankfully for, for, uh, for us, yeah. 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 Um, you know, I just I, I stepped on different landmines. <laughs> uh what the one we're gonna talk about here next. Uh so oh god, so did I in our main. <laughs> I wish you'd yeah. taken him from me. I appreciate uh, so you doing it, but let me throw you a, a, a price on Brios real quick okay. before you get into that. Let's put him so again, he was going um 71. I think he can realistically get to like that 10. I know we've been putting all these guys in that same area. Oh, I, I think he's going to go much lower than that. If he's only 10th round, then I'm probably not. I, I think he's, I think we're looking at him. You think people are going to dump him after one bad he, year? He has been bad, but he has been consistently bad the entire season. Like, I mean, he, he has. You're right. Okay, let's uh, throw him. If, if he's, I, I say outside top 200, I'm in. Um, okay. That, I, that's about where I was going to throw him. I was going to put him at pitcher 80, which was 190. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, there is like a a fine gamble, right? He's again, a guy that's that, pitcher eighty. That includes mm -hmm. RPs. I just want to be clear on that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think he's a fine gamble there, and uh, Brios is a guy that like he's still young. It's still a good team. Yeah, he'll be twenty nine um, next year. He has shown flashes of being himself at times, and the last two starts have been pretty decent. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I think I'd be fine paying that price. If it if it's if 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 the discount is only one fifty, I don't know. He just doesn't have the upside that you want from that kind of pick, right? He doesn't have like uh, he, he's never been an SP one, and so yeah, that's true. like I, I if I'm gonna take a discount, I want the discount on the guy that I think legitimately could be an SP one. Yeah, I I can totally see that again at one fifty. You're looking at that that Scooble Sandoval. Lynn Castillo. I want the Rowe. Verlander discount that we got early in draft season, right? Like, hey, he may be nothing because of the injury, but he also may be the best pitcher in baseball yeah. for 150 innings. Like, yeah. that's if I'm taking a discount on a guy who, you know, Giolito is another really great example, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Giolito has been among the best pitchers in baseball. Yes, like, so, he's yeah, he's been a fantasy ace for sure. Brios. Like his upside's probably a low end SP two. He's a, yeah, SP two's always kind of been that cap, and that's where yeah. you and I were saying there has to be another level here. Well, there doesn't have to be. We thought there was, mm -hmm. and turns out maybe there isn't. Um, you know, Nick calls him the great undulator because he's up and down. You know, he kind of mm -hmm. always finds his level. He never found the level this year because those six bomb outs, uh, were, or those five bomb outs of six plus earned were just so damaging yeah. that he just couldn't get back on track, and. And this is the season that we have with Brios. I'm going to be interested to see the framing on him in the offseason, how people 
you know, write about him and, and talk about him on pods and if there develops a an interest because I feel like the fantasy community, at least within the pods and tweets that I read, not a huge fan of his to begin with. So this disaster season, I think, could push him down. So if he is going way out of the 200s there for Jose Barrios and he's going more in like the Mike Clevenger range, the Ho- Ho- Jesus Lazardo range of this year, mm-hmm. I, I could see myself getting back in on Barrios. But I don't know. I don't know if he'll fall all the way down there because of his name value. This guy will, though. This guy will be cheap. So you have a chance to buy back in next year at a discount and see if you can recoup some of your losses from Ian Anderson. Uh, I mentioned that I'm, I took him off your hands there in the our main 5 ERA, 151 whip. I mean, we knew what the issues were coming in this year. I, I know I thought he was going to develop on that walk rate, be a bit better with the command. He has the stuff to miss bats. I trust Atlanta inherently. 24 years old. I, I thought there was lots to like with Ian Anderson. He's been a nightmare. The command and control have been the driving force behind the trouble. And, um, you know, there's still development to be done. He'll be 25 next year. He's uh, he's still in the minors, by the way. I don't know when he's coming back or if he's coming back. Might might not even be a starter when he does, this uh, for this year at least. But what do you think about next year with Ian Anderson? By the way, he's not pitching well in the minors. 540 ERA, no. 162 whip because of the same command issues. 4.2 walks, 10.2, 10.4 hits. So Ian Anderson next year, the discount will be severe. I, I don't even think we have to speculate whether or not it'll be outside the top 200. It absolutely will. He was 165 this year. So he'll be like a 250 type pick or later. Will that be enough to entice you back onto the Ian Anderson train? Give me outside the top 300 and they'll think about it. Like, okay. it's, I don't know if you're going to get that far. You might, though. I think I, you I, might. I think, like, I think it's certainly yeah. possible because you look at guys, uh, Cal Quantrill, uh, Jack Flaherty was injury, of course. Uh, Mitch Keller, Corey Kluber, Eric Lauer. I don't see any reason why Ian Anderson shouldn't be amongst these type of names here. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I could see late 200s, early 300s. I mean, he had like one great 32 inning stint in the majors. Like, uh, like I, I don't think that that will keep him in the top 300. Uh, no, it, it, he's pretty good I mean, last year, but I, I, I agree. But like I, the, there were some underlying red flags that I think, and he was a guy that like I, I wasn't necessarily in on. But like I didn't know what to do with, but he always dropped in a draft. Like he always just seemed like Adam because like, he wasn't very good. Yeah, probably. And uh and I should have stayed away from him. But like he was one of those guys, like, yeah, screw it. I'll take the dart throw right here. Um, and I really wish that dart hadn't like boomeranged back. <laughs> yeah, um, and went right in my eye. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if he's going late enough and it looks like he has a rotation spot, right? Um, you know, who knows what's gonna happen with Charlie Morton? I think go to Rizzi's a free agent. Um, so like, there's going to be, uh, there's, there's going to be the potential opportunity. The thing is for me, at least it feels like Atlanta, while they're very good at developing pitching for the most part, if you burn them, they're done with you. Tuki Toussaint, uh, you Oscar, you Noah, like Bryce Anderson Wilson. has not come back. Bryce Wilson, like Kyle Mahler. Like, yeah. The only, yeah. The only guy that is overcome that is Kyle Wright. Um, yeah. and because he didn't have that much time, he didn't yeah. like fully burn them yet. And they're like, now nah, we, we're going to keep this one, but uh, yeah, you're right. A lot of them kind of one and done type of, or not one, but like very quickly moved on. Mm-hmm. From, Tucker Davidson got traded out, even. Yeah. And there's there's another guy, I think he's on the Tigers. Who, who's the guy that you guys he pitched a few innings this year? Now I'm blanking on his name, Joey Wentz. Yeah. Joey Wentz was a was he a, pitches was tonight, a, actually. Yeah. Braves prospect at one point. So, like. They're, they're quick to be like, yeah, no, you suck. We're moving on. So um, here, here's something to think about then. If we start to see things shape up to where there's not a clear spot for Anderson, that might be an indicator that they are not making a spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. If they go out and they get another guy, you know, especially if Morton decides he's going to resign. Yeah. If they go Freed Wright, Strider, let's say Morton sticks, and then they go get somebody else who's going to be clear starter. I don't know then, if there's then, a spot for him. Yeah, then, then you pretty much take them off your board. Like if they have five lined up, because they also have other guys in the minor leagues. So yeah, they um, still have Cal, the aforementioned Cal Muller. Yeah, um, Bryce still, they, You know, uh, like I mean, they so they still have guys. So I think a lot of it depends on what the Braves do in the offseason. So if you are a guy like me, who oh, Mike Soroka, like by you, the way, Hello. oh Mike Soroka is going to be back. Yeah, so they may not even need one. He's already buried. Um, 
So I'm probably going to stay away from him unless he's just dirt cheap. Draft and holds. I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I think I'll hit some Ian Anderson and some draft and holds if, if he's in that 300 range and later. Just to say, hey. 300 you know, may not even be low enough, honestly. I mean, you're, you're talking about. I mean, he if, might not go that high. You're right. Like Morton's go, got, I think, one more year on his deal. Um, and all the other guys are penciled in. Soroka coming back if he's healthy. Um like where does he? I mean, obviously anything can teams, happen. Right? Yeah, teams will use more than yeah. five. But the simple but fact is, I'm not going to pay a top 300 price on a guy who isn't penciled into a, a five or six man rotation. Just yeah, not. and that's where draft and hold comes in because you draft all mm-hmm. 50 at once. You're drafting your backups. That's where Ian Anderson fits right now. But everything else, I agree, it's super mm-hmm. dicey. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Boston. Talk about a guy that had a lot of excitement. Basically, we were thinking whatever the role is, it should be good and fantasy relevant for Tanner Houck. Um, he did get eight saves, five wins, 315 ERA, 118 whip. This is another one kind of akin to Kopech where it's like the bottom line numbers are good, and he's done for the year. He's on the IL. I guess the question is, um, what are we doing next year with, with him coming off of a back surgery? I don't know, man. This is a, this is a really difficult one because Houck – as impressive as he is when he's on the mound, he's got to stay on the mound. And it's it's even more compounded by the fact that they won't just commit to a role. Like, just no. make him a starter or make him a reliever. Like He's actually going to wind up with fewer innings this year than he had last year. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he's a late dart throw if you think he could get saves. If they don't bring in a closer, uh, you know. Are you, he could. are you even taking him in early DCs, though, without – without knowledge of what no. Hawk is up to because it no, could be but, a dead spot. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that's killed me in my DCs this year is just the amount of injuries and dead spots that I've yep. got because minor leaguers I thought were coming up never came up or because injuries. Um, and I, I just don't know that you want that kind of weight on, on the roster, even in a 50 round draft. So I agree. Uh, like I think don't. I'm staying away from how um, outside of, if he looks really, really good in spring, and we're talking my March draft. So. Yeah, we're light years from that, though. So with all the mm-hmm. fall and winter drafts that you and I are going to do, I'm not taking Hauk either. I think it's yeah. too much of a risk. I don't see the upside right now. We haven't seen more than 69 innings in a season. And I'm nice. sorry, folks. That's not nice, though, because that's not enough innings. Um, let's move on to Aaron Ashby, another young arm that was a big-time favorite this year. A lot of expectations for Ashby some of which were observed at times at least where you could see, oh, hey, this is this is uh, the upside that we paid for. But as the season wore on, it got to him. And uh, just too many struggles there. It has ended with a six-earned run outing in five innings against the Cubs, and now he's on the IL. Although they're suggesting that maybe he could come back. I don't know if he's going to for the, uh, for, for the regular season. There is a chance at the end here. Uh, that he gets a start in before the playoffs, if as long as they make it, of course. But the bottom line, as it stands right now, is a 4.58 ERA and a 1.43 WHIP in 96 in the third. You love the 116 strikeouts for Aaron Ashby, but the 43 walks and 14 homers are good for 4.0 BB9 and 1.3 Homer nine. Are you in on Aaron Ashby next year? Because I'm going to tell you right now that I don't think the discount will be all that severe. I think plenty of people will buy back in especially if he finishes the mound uh, a season on the mound, whether it's in the playoffs or at the very tail end here of October. Uh, so what do you think with Aaron Ashby next year, the 25 year old lefty? I want to be on it so bad, but I just think everybody else is going to be in on it more. Um, you see the talent on the mound and the fact that the Brewers committed to him long-term tells me a lot about what they think of him and what they think the plan is going to be. Uh, okay. And the, they Five year deal with two options. Sorry. Yeah, that they think there's going Ashby's going to do like uh, a Corbin Burns type plan, where you know start in the bullpen, you know toiled back and forth between bullpen and starting, then all of a sudden was a stud. Yeah, so they found think the that. right pitch and changed mm-hmm. it. By the way, I'm going to say this: I think Aaron Ashby's ADP is going to go up. He was 252 last year. Yeah, I, I even know. though there's been some sketchiness to his numbers and he's ending the season hurt, I think he goes up. And he's inside the top 200 or or really close to 200 at the low end. So with that as the framework, let's put him where Ian Anderson was going this year, 155, 160 range. 
would you take Ashby there? You got a stable front end of your rotation. Let's say you got one of the aces. You got a two that you really like. Your three is fine. Would you make him your number four? I don't think I would. I think that's too high. Okay. Um, especially because what one of the mistakes I made in the main event uh, was not having that stable fourth, fifth, sixth starter. I took too many gambles. And I didn't have the guys, the, the horses at the end that, that could carry me. Workhorse. Yeah, that could carry me um, in kind of the doldrums of summer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I had to rely on the Pavettas and the Madison Bumgarners, the guys who just torched my ratios and really crushed yeah. me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not going to uh, make that mistake again. You know, have, picking a guy like Patrick Sandoval at 140 or wherever I got him in our draft. Um, was was you know ended up being devastating, even though it was like a fun pick to make, right? And I got the snipe Scott, um, <laughs> because uh, of his whip. I mean, his ERA has been excellent still. Yeah, but he has a one thirty five whip and one hundred twenty seven well, innings. One hundred twenty seven innings kills you. That that's anyway, that's the real issue with with Sandoval. Is the you know it's and you know what we're looking at with uh, a guy like um. A, a guy like Ashby is he's got 96 innings. That may be it for him. Um, you know, yeah. e- even if he comes back and makes, you know, a few more appearances, we're talking just over a hundred innings this year. Exactly. They can't be your four or five guy. No, because you need, yeah, you still need somebody that's going like 140 plus there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he might go that next year, but that's kind of the cap then too. So it goes back to your other mm-hmm. point about, like where Sandoval's at, and he's had an issue. I feel like winning. he's two years away. Like I feel like next I think that's year, fair. year, I feel like 2024 is the year for Aaron Ashby. I think that's absolutely fair. I'm eager to see where the price is, though, because that is a guess, and I don't if know. he's outside sure. the top 200, then we start I, to talk. But I, I just can, don't think I, he will. I'll make the argument, but I, yeah. I agree. I think he's going to be a guy that people want to believe in next year. Yep. And again, does anything in the playoffs or something, mm-hmm. playoff tax will go through the roof on Aaron Ashby. Let's talk another lefty, not as young, not as good this year either. Sean Manaya struggles, man. The struggle bus on him. I don't have Manaya anywhere, so sometimes I, I get jarred every time I kind of go back to his stats, and I'm like, dang, really? 527 ERA. Now, this is recent, by the way. That's the interesting thing, too. 527 ERA, 136 whip. Um, you know, coming out of the break, he had a 411 ERA, which is still not amazing, but we play in deeper leagues. So 411 ERA, you're fine with that from someone who's eating up some innings. His second half has been a nightmare. Sean Manai has put up an 836 ERA in eight starts. That includes getting blasted in Detroit. That includes having a pretty pedestrian start in Miami, four innings, three runs, getting blasted at KC, six earned in four. There are two Dodgers starts in there that you should have reasonably avoided at least the second one, the most recent outing, because if you're still starting him against the Dodgers, you deserve what you get. But it's been bad for Sean Manaya. He's had health issues in the past. He is you know, staying healthy or at least pitching. I don't know if he's fully healthy, but it's been rough. Homers have been a biggest, the biggest issue. What's up with Sean Manaya? He'll be 31 next year. And uh, he'll be a free agent. So, um, you know, I don't know what team he'll be on. Obviously, that'll drive a lot. But let's just say he goes to a neutral team. So we're not saying, well, if he goes to this pitching squad, it'd be great. If he goes to this hitting one, it'd be bad. Put him on a neutral team. What are you doing with Sean Manaya next year based off of this season that we've seen? I mean, it's all about home runs. Like, in, in the second half, he has given up uh, 12 home runs. Like, oh, that's... he just gave up another one. I just saw it. Yeah. It, it's pitching and... a warm-up right now. And he just gave up a homer. 2.87 homers per nine, like that in the second half right now. Um, one homer free outing since July 1st. Yeah, just uh, unreal. Um, I love Manaya as a talent. I, I hate Manaya as uh, a fantasy baseball player. Yeah, player. yeah like I like, like when he is on, watching Manaya is just, just beautiful. Like he, uh, you know, and the mechanics are really nice, uh, in spite of the injuries and stuff like that. But he's just one of the most frustrating guys to roster. So I agree. Uh, I think a lot of it will depend on where he signs and what he signs for. Like if he signs with a really good team and a really good park, people are going to be like, "It's Manaya time again." I'm yeah. probably going to avoid it. Like I just think it's too volatile of, of a profile. And while he's been uh, healthy enough this year, uh, he's you know at 138 innings, he's going to get probably three or four more starts down the stretch. Um, I don't 
think I trust his health anyways long term just because it's been so shaky in the past to begin with. So absolutely. Now you've got a homer, a huge homer issue. Like we're not talking about a homer issue. We're talking about a huge homer issue. Twenty-six uh, this year. And, and one point three last year is not amazing. He kind of survived the ERA last year and might have had a better ERA three than his three ninety-one if he hadn't given up so many. Oh, of course he would have had a better ERA if he didn't give up so many homes. But that was an issue that kind of got overlooked because everything else was pretty good. And then this year it explodes for Manaya yeah. and it's been a trouble. I do think he'll go pretty cheap though. He's 109 this past year. I do think he is somebody who'll get in that 250 range. He, his price will tank, I think, unless he does something in the playoffs. Again, playoff tax can change everything. Or, like you said, goes to the cushiest spot and everyone gets crazy mm-hmm. for Manaya again. But otherwise, I think he's going super cheap. I do uh, too. Like 240, yeah. 250 range or later, perhaps. So if you do like him, the price should be there. But I'm with you, Justin. I don't think I'm going to go for Sean Manaya too much next year. Mm-hmm. Um, what about this next guy? Bailey Ober came into the year with some hype. Um, I think he was pretty much living up to it. In fact, had cut the homers as well. Only 33 and two-thirds, so we only have seven stars to go off of. But he really cut his homers, which was the big issue last year. 401 ERA, 128 whip. Has a chance to finish the season on the field, especially uh, if they make the playoffs. But he's working on a rehab right now. Supposed to come back here relatively soon if everything checks out. What do you think of Bailey Ober? What we saw in the seven, in the 33 and two-thirds innings, Will he be somebody that you buy in on? And did you like him coming into this year? I was very unsure of him in Matt, uh, not Matt Ryan, <laughs> football and oh, uh, Joe, Joe Ryan, Joe Ryan um, because of their huge fly ball rates and potentially mm-hmm. give up home runs. Um, and I'm still a very unsure on Ober. I think Joe Ryan is who he is uh, at this point. Like there's obviously room for him to improve, but uh, like I still think he's going to be a guy who struggles the long ball at times. Ober showed something at the beginning of the season before getting injured. We were also dealing with a really deadened ball. Yes, that's true. I and mean, but I, it didn't I, really I, change that much. Yeah, I just don't want to give him like huge. He's still got a twenty six percent ground ball rate. Oh, like, you, you don't want to give him full credit on the homer per nine. I got you. Yeah, got you. like I don't want to say like, oh, that's fair. Look what he was doing. Now all he's got to do is finish the year on the mound. I want to see how he finishes the year on the mound. If yeah. he comes and finishes the year on the mound, gives me two starts where he doesn't give up a home run or only gives up one home run, I'm gonna feel pretty good about Bailey Ober coming into next year. Yeah. If he if he comes in and he serves up even just like one three homer game, I'm be like, aha, I'm not falling for you, Mister Ober. The regression uh, snuck uh, in under the wire. That being said, there still needs to be a pretty big discount because. Well, not necessarily discount because he wasn't super expensive. I don't. Yeah, think. he was two hundred eight um, this year. Yeah. What so if he goes he needs, around the same? Yeah, if he needs to be there or cheaper, um, because with the lack of track record, there's just so much can go wrong. And if things go wrong for Bailey Ober because of that huge fly ball rate, You're it will be really, in, in really May. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He'll be the Ian Anderson of this, you know, of this year where he's not in the majors and you have to cut him. So I agree. Uh, I think there's potential, but it's, I also, like I said, I need to see him finish here on the mound. Yeah, and so we'll see. Uh, Bailey Ober, again, working on his rehab stints. Um, should get another one here relatively soon. Hang on. I think he you know, he fired this weekend, so he'll be on the bump this weekend um, in – I don't know which level, though. I'm sorry. Uh, he pitched in A-ball these last two, four, three and four innings. So he might need another two outings in the minors for Bailey Ober, which means he might only get an outing or two – if they make the playoffs, then he can get he can pitch there, mm-hmm. and he could be instrumental for them because Molly is cooked, which really sucks because that was such a great pickup for them, and mm-hmm. he's been cooked. Uh, Bailey Ober could be that replacement and give them somebody to go to in October should they make it. Uh, two more guys, you say Kikuchi. I mean, people have been buying in on this like it. It has never worked. So rebuy implies a, a previous level of achievement, but. He was an all-star last year. He had a 441 ERA, 132 whip. His his proponents are mad that I'm saying any sort of cross word about him. But, I mean, he's a 505 career ERA with a 143 whip. I I do get it. I'm not going to say I don't get it with Kikuchi. I understand why people keep falling for him. But at a certain point, you got to stop. And I think this would be this year, right? Like, there's no shot that you're buying back in on Kikuchi after this year, right? Remember when he was coming over to the states and everybody kept using the Tanaka comparison? Everybody, everybody else kept going, "It's a lazy comparison." They're both Japanese pitchers, right? 
True. I'm going to give you the unlaziest uh, um, comp for him. He is the pitcher version of Michael Franco. Oh my God. A guy who I, just, I love where that's going. A guy who just balls out in spring training <laughs> and makes everybody excited. And some people are over, you know, very, you know, there are a few people over in the corner going, don't do it. It's a ploy. He's tricking you. He throws then, 95 or 99 every spring. And I'm right here going, I don't even care about the velocity. Look at the movement. All look the at the pitches. secondary stuff. Yeah. Oh, look at, look at. And I get it. I get it. Like, it is easy to fall for yeah. Kikuchi in spring when the velo's cooking, the secondary stuff looks good. But fool me 94,000 times. Yeah, I'm, on done. You. Like, I, I'm, I'm absolutely done. He was a, tr and I wasn't even in this year, um, but he was atrocious. Like, unbelievably he, like, bad. 2.1 homer nine. Yeah. 2.1 like, for Kikuchi. Yeah, no, and uh, and a five point four eight walks per nine. Like I just no. would you would you even take a coochie pick four four forty in a draft and hold? Would you do it four? I think I needed to be a little. I would take him in a draft and hold only because I think there's guaranteed innings there. Yeah, and, um, you know, and like I I'm in I'm in like two or three of my draft and holds this year. Literally, I'm rolling with nine pitchers. Like I, I don't have a choice on who I get to. You start. just have your, your yeah, nine. I just have the nine that are healthy. Like to, in the to give you an idea of 440 this this past year, you're talking Rich Hill, Madison Bumgarner, Miles Michaelis, Ronzi Contreras, Dylan Bundy. I, I think that's where he belongs. I was like, going to say I don't think it's out of pocket yeah. that Kikuchi goes in that range, mm -hmm. which I can get on board around there. But that's it. No other mm -hmm. like draft champions is the only consideration I have for Kikuchi right now. Yeah. All right, then we'll end it with a guy I hinted at earlier, Mitch Keller. Um, again, rebuy, he hasn't necessarily achieved a particular level, so we were being a little loose with some of these definitions. But premium prospect who people got excited about this year based on the velo jump. The velo has held. He's added 1.6 for the year, 94.1 to 95.7. It's netted some results. He was better this year than he was last year, but that's only because he had a 617 ERA 179 whip last year. How could he get worse? He only improved his strikeout minus walk rate by two points, Justin. The real improvement came in a 60-point BABIP drop, cutting his hits per nine from 11.7 to 9.7, uh, which is still bad, by the way. So Mitch Keller's only shown faint improvements. Is it enough to get you back in? He will be dirt cheap, too, regardless of how he finishes. He was 482 last year in draft champions. I think he'll be a bit higher than that, but... I, I think like 350 would still be the high end for Mitch Keller. Would you buy there uh, as a pick 350 for Mitch Keller? He'll be 27 next year, which means he'll have a perfect season. Yeah, uh, I'm totally in on this one. Like I just, I will, I will, Charlie Brown, Mitch Keller, all the At way. At least a couple time. more years, right? Yeah. Uh, since uh, July 11th, uh, and that's yeah. his last 10 starts. He has a 2.83 ERA. Uh, has pitched 54 innings, got 43 strikeouts in that time, uh, and he a 130 whip. So the whip kind of sucks still, but but the rest is really really something's good. Something's working like, there, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a couple bad starts. Sorry, it's a couple bad starts pushing the whip. It's Boston mm -hmm. and Atlanta too. Two starts that you could have, you should have easily avoided. Like there is, that's not revisionist to say that Mitch Keller, you're streaming him. You should have absolutely avoided those starts. Now you would have also missed six. Uh, six innings of one unearned run in Colorado if you were streaming him. And probably this last six innings start against the Mets. So, yes, but uh, if even if you take out all four of those, there's still some good work there, and that's your yeah. whole point. And, and the ones that you would have skipped still count. The Mets one still counts, even though you wouldn't have gotten it on your fantasy team in terms of him showing some growth. So he's, Keller, pick 300 next year, you take him. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Because he's not a guy you have to start every game. No, like, he, he's an upside lottery ticket. And you and I still think that upside is there. Like I still, I'm I'm not out on him completely. Uh, and he's been durable, which is one of the big issues we had with him coming out of the minors. It's like, can he stay healthy? Because he had so many like back issues. Yeah, and he he so, has he has shown uh, yeah. shown health here and made two pretty foolish seasons. Uh, pick three hundred ish this year. Josiah Gray, uh, Carlos Carrasco coming off of of health. Andrew Heaney, Luis Patino, Tyler McGill. This makes sense. This is yeah. this is the range Keller will be in in the two eighty to three twenty type range. 
I'll buy back in too because um, you love the velo jump. He is taking steps forward. You can see how it's coming together. And we're still only talking about 300 innings for him. He just eclipsed 300 innings as a major leaguer. He has 300 and a third for Mitch Keller. So I think there's plenty of reasons to rebuy, chief among them being that the price simply won't be too expensive. So And and we don't have to, like, even when he struggles, like Pittsburgh still is not going to have a good rotation next year. So, like, he's, he's going to be in – Top of oh yeah! No unless what. he like, unless he falls apart with like an eight ERA through fifteen starts, uh, like, even even that. I mean, the, how long has they pritched Bryce Wilson? Like it's just like, I, I, think, I think an eight ERA would get him kicked out. Maybe, but, maybe. Uh, we'll but your point is well taken. Like he could have a, a mid fives mm -hmm. into Memorial Day, and I think they're still sticking with him because why would you not just yeah. let him figure it out on the major league level? So that's Mitch Keller. Um, and there's our pitcher rebuys, Trevor Rogers, Freddie Peralta, Lucas Giolito, Michael Kopech, Jose Barrios, Ian Anderson, Ty Tanner Houck, Aaron Ashby, Sean Manaya, Bailey Ober, Yusei Kikuchi, Mitch Keller, mixed bag there, plenty of guys to get. Um, and Justin, we're going to have to start making these decisions pretty soon because we're psychopaths, you and I. We're going to be in drafts like next month. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised I, I, if you're going to be in one like tomorrow or something. I'm I'm working on ranks right now. Like, Same. I, like I, I just started my my uh, SP ranks because I'm going to put so, out a uh, you know top 25 SPs for next mm -hmm. year type of deal. Yeah. So uh, and are you going to do one of the F pass drafts? Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, I, I'm insane I, for. I, I'm going to try to miss it. I'm going to have to get it. my fix. I'll um, miss you if you don't do it. I'm going to convince you to do it. I will miss your life. It depends on if I'm going to have a cap on my leagues. I was just going to say, you have to try to get it to not count. Yeah. Your cap because it's a draft and hold. Yeah. And you're drafting while you're there. So you're not taking time out of the family. She's going, isn't she? So it's, you know, the whole point well, is, and it's down. not like capping my leagues helped me. <laughs> like I still had a bad year. Like if anything, True. maybe it hurt me. I've had such good years. Let's hear you spin this one. How did it yeah. how did it hurt you? I just wasn't as in tune as I could have been. Because you didn't have enough teams to stay yeah, on top of everything. Yeah. And it you hurt. You only me. had 17 leagues. Mm -hmm. So this well, is Danielle's and, fault. Yeah. I I, and, I like what you you've know, done here. One of the things I, I I um I've already talked to you about, uh, and I guess I'll say on air. I think I'm I'm still gonna play in a lot of high stakes leagues. I'm not like leaving high stakes, but I think I'm gonna start playing in more regular people leagues the yahoos the espn because there's so many people who listen to our content and read our content that they they don't play in nfbc they yeah. play in espn and yahoo um and so i think especially through the patreon and the discord i'm going to put together some espn point leagues and uh yahoo point leagues or you know category uh categories and things like that um and i'm going to play a bunch of different formats this year and play a little bit less nfbc uh, and play more just kind of 10-teamers, 12-teamers to really, I think, hone my content. So, yeah, so you're really in on everything because we try to reference, you know, ESPN this, Yahoo that, but I only play one Yahoo League, I don't think you, or one ESPN, I don't think you play at either avenue, so we're not I, play, fully... I play on ESPN, but it, it's, okay, a so deeper, we... it's a deeper ESPN. Yeah, and neither of us play Yahoo, so like we don't we're not fully in tune with what they got yeah. going on with like their ADP. And you know who does a great job of this is in this league when they do their yeah. ranking coverage at each site. And they will give you tips on like at Yahoo this guy's ranked 90th, at ESPN he's uh 55th. So you can get a major discount. You know, they do stuff like that and that's excellent. So we can get a wider berth of coverage ourselves. Um, I have that head to head league because I want to be engaged in head to head points. So I'm with you. I think that's a great call to diversify our league portfolio a bit more. So that way we're talking about everything and we're experiencing it too. Yeah. That's why I'm, I'm always deferring to you on dynasty leagues. I play in one and I'm not like uber intense in it, but you have a lot of dynasty where you're, mm -hmm. I mean, you play some of the coolest, most unique leagues out there. So I think that's a great idea. And uh, I can, honestly, while I am sad that the season is close to ending, I do love off season stuff. So I'm kind of getting amped up. Yeah, I, I got a lot of stuff planned for the off season. So. Same. And I just uh, got my email about uh, writing for the uh, HQ forecaster again. So I'm very nice. excited about that. But uh, anyway, Justin, you got to get to work. Mm -hmm. Let's go have a nice weekend. Uh, what do you, what are you up to this weekend? You and Justin, Jason going to be talking. Uh, I hope so. We didn't, we weren't able to connect this last weekend. I'll send him a text and find out. So hopefully okay. uh, we'll, we'll get back on, on the horse. Well, I hope you have a great weekend. Stay cool. I know it's exceptionally hot out there in your neck yeah, of the it's, woods. Yeah, it's, it's been 115, but it 
I think today is supposed to be the last hot day for a little while. So okay. that'll be nice. Yeah, we get triple digits for like six months at a time, but I know when you're not used to it, it's quite a big deal. And the Bay Area has been getting hammered by sweltering heat. It was so crazy. I, I walked outside yesterday, and yesterday's high was 105. I was like, oh, this isn't that bad. And I like, lo- I like look at the temperature gate. I was like, oh, I've just gotten used to 115 exactly, for the last dude. five or six days. Exactly. Like, well, 105 doesn't feel like nothing. 105 feels like a, a yeah. cool down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyway, stay out of that sun. It's sweltering. And we, you and I will talk on Tuesday. Take it easy. <laughs>